0: Hey guys, it's Yarel Ramos. And I'm Jessica Molina. We're both journalists who pretty much have an opinion about everything. Join us weekly as we dig through the latest in pop culture, women's issues, and politics. You're, You're listening, listening to, to Wait, Wait, Hold Up. up. Alright, what's up guys? What's going on? Welcome back to episode dose. I'm excited about this one. I think we're, more, we're like prepared and ready (laughs) we're so ready to dig into this one like really like really ready (laughs) really really ready so i'm not sure if you guys have heard at this point i feel like honestly it's been trending on uh, like every single social platform but there is a new tech company that whoa is amazing hashtag just kidding not at all
1: just kidding not at all go back to seattle
0: for real, okay. I mean, let's do that introduction one yeah. more time because I think it's like it's like what- what's up, guys? Welcome back to Wait, hold up, episode number two. We are so excited. That We're you guys doing do this. this. I know this is like We're real deal. We're moving up. We are moving on <laughs> up. Speaking of moving on up, you know what um, tells me that you live in a really fancy apartment is that what? you don't have to take any trips to the bodega. Oh, I love bodegas.
1: <laughs> I love bodegas. Even in New York, when I go, I feel like I need to go to the Bronx. And go to a
0: bodega. Well, I hate to break it to you, Yarel, but there are two dudes who are trying to jack our bodegas right now, and people are not happy about I it. I
1: read about it, and I was a little confused
0: with it because I thought it was a joke. It seems like it's a joke. So basically, if you guys haven't, like, read this in the news, it's been trending since um, Wednesday. Basically, there's a new tech startup, and these two guys who used to work at Google thought, like, man, what an innovative idea. Let's, like, take away a bodega where, like, people, you know, earn, a, like, their livelihood and which communities have depended on for decades, and let's put it into people's apartment buildings. And it's basically a glorified vending machine. With what, like, detergent and food? Like, and, and LaCroix, because that's what, like, Dominican okay. mommies yeah. in high really want. with kale. and Which I want, and I eat all of that yeah. stuff, but, like, let's be really Let's be really for real about a lot of the clientele that bodegas are are servicing. And you know what it is, too? I feel like bodegas
1: are the same thing as a lot of what we call la tiendita de la esquina, or a lot of people call it even la licor, because they would sell a lot of liquor (laughs) here in, in, in L.A. And when you sent me this, and I was like, wait, wait a minute. Mom and pop shops. Like, what are they doing with mom and pop shops? What are they trying to take away from them?
0: Right. This is all they have it's i feel like this this idea of we're just going to make everything more convenient for you and so that you know say you need tampons you don't have to go so far it's just right downstairs but the fact is is that these stores are more than just Shops. These are hubs for communities. This is also like it's also trying to assume that they're only selling these items that you don't need someone there for. They're actually no like you go there, you get your chopped cheese, you get your fried egg and your cheese sandwich. you kind of it's it's like you catch up with the neighbors you catch up (laughs) you get like a side eye if you're going down there and getting something for like a little (laughs) hookup or whatever yeah i know
1: that's true and even then even i mean the thing i feel that bothers me the most with this jess because i i like i hate the idea of them being like oh well we're just gonna get rid of these places right you don't need them anymore right well let's set aside the fact that families have been dependent on the income coming from these places for years and the sense of community, and the idea of gentrification of coming and wiping oh these places out—the culture of it—but
0: the name in and of itself, horrible. I mean, it's a it's a fabulous name, but like not for these dudes Don't, to jack. Yeah, like I saw a lot of these comments on a lot of the
1: posts, and it was like, oh, here they come again, trying to colonize.
0: Basically, Yo. so okay, so it's like not only the name, which is bodega, um, they also then took the cat, like they like the bodega cat, which there's always a cat, like re- either the it's it's the owner's cat or it's just some random stray cat that's like that's chilling so around crazy. the bodega, <laughs> and it's because it's it's everyone who's familiar with the bodega knows this, so that's based that's their logo, and mm. I'm like you guys just like jacked, like didn't really even try no creative ideas. You just took what was already there. And one of the founders of the company this guy paul mcdonald's um we can okay, okay. Paul, all right yeah, paul he, yeah i know paul basically said that they asked latinos uh, and he's like we did surveys in the latin american community to understand if they felt the name was a misappropriation of that term or had negative connotations and 97% said no. Now, here's the thing. Negative connotations. My question is all about, like, how you ask someone a question. So if you ask me, like, does the term bodega have a negative connotation? No, mm-hmm. because so many of us are like, oh, like, no, that feels like a very familial place. That feels of like course. a place where, like, I can probably in safety. I'll probably get overcharged than if I went to Target. But at the convenience of it, I'm going to go right there.
1: Right. And then even this. They also, I, I love what a lot of people have, you know, the people have been really outspoken about, about this and like neighborhood leaders. And he said, uh, in New York said this, that really caught my eye. Um, these are marginalized business owners to begin with mm-hmm. in places like Oakland, New York, LA, San Francisco, their bit, their businesses are already threatened by ever increasing rents.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the sense
1: of like immigration being a threat to communities when these communities in and of itself begun as immigrant communities. And now you want to come in with a vending machine and take away that personalized experience, even like take away that that everything they've
0: worked for, like come on it's it's insensitive on so in in, in on so many levels it's like this insen- the fact that he was like eventually centralized shopping locations won't be necessary it's like dude what you are saying is that you don't want these stores to exist but then he backtracked in a, an article to the guardian he backtracked or no i'm sorry the guardian wrote about this but he put it in a blog post that he's not trying to put bodegas out of business but to the contrary he says challenging the corn the- Challenging the urban corner store is not, and has never been, our goal. When you take a name like Bodega, you are basically implicitly saying—oh, no, I'm sorry—explicitly saying we are challenging right this institution. Exactly. It's—I
1: don't know—it's just absurd to me. And I'm so glad that people are coming out and going after them. And then it's like, no, don't give in to this. I get the idea of making things easier, right? I mean just if, if I think about, like, I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to go through the drive through because I don't want to get off and I'm tired, whatever the case is. But this is different. This is like a cultural connector. This is something that identifies a lot of these communities. Like this, you know, a lot of these activists have saying, like, the idea of gentrifying us, the idea of colonizing us again, like we barely have these areas where we connect, these areas where we really feel comfortable and safe, mm-hmm. where they sell our products, where you're going to buy your sofrito, where you're
0: going to buy your enchilada sauce. Like, the, no, you cannot have a vending machine replace that. And there's been, and, and I love that you're saying that because I think that What we're really seeing Is that people are not Going to go out Without a fight on this Mm -hmm. And these dudes Who thought they were Just doing a little We're about to have some uh publicity for their new business are like (laughs) in it right now frank garcia who is the chair of the new york state coalition of hispanic chambers of commerce damn frank that's a long (laughs) ass name i know (laughs) exactly so he responded to this and he said it's sacrilegious to use that name and we're gonna do whatever we need to do to fight this amen brother tell him frank It, it was devastating to find out and it's not fair to the local bodegas now that don't have the angel investors that these guys have, which yeah. is massive. It's it's so true. Like they've got investors coming in from um, Facebook, Google, Twitter oh and Dropbox. God. But. Right. How, when you when you think about the people who scrambled and put all their families funds together to actually open up a store and to create this place.
1: And Jess, I guarantee mm-hmm. you that the, the detergent that you're going to try to get at this vending machine, this bodega uh, thieves, um, <laughs> It's going to be five, like you're going to get what, 10 bucks where you, it's, the prices are not even going to compare because in and of itself, bodegas are like so cheap when, when you, I mean, in terms yeah. of prices, you know, you buy a sandwich for a dollar, you really think these homies are going to sell a sandwich for a dollar.
0: Heck yeah, no. okay. Well, first of all, you can't even have anybody make anything fresh. Right. Like, true. that's not gonna happen. Yeah, true. You know, and I think another really interesting point that one of the things I love about reading people's responses on Twitter and Facebook is that it makes you think of a new perspective that you hadn't even thought of. And someone on Twitter who has the best Twitter handle name ever, Vero Complatanos. I, I love mean, it. I love you. Lo- we uh, love you, Vero. I <laughs> know yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know you, but I love you, girl. She wrote, Wealthy tech bros are so uncomfortable interacting with working class POC that they think a glorified vending machine is better than a bodega. And I'm like, Yeah. That is such a mic drop yes. right there. But <laughs> <I, that, laughs> first of all, bring the plátanos. And Please. like, how, like that is, because it's true. It's this, like, you clearly are so out of touch with working class people of color, but just these communities that, you did some really generic incomplete surveys and thought that you would have no backlash to this that just tells me that you are not in touch with a community at all that you will pretend that, that honestly i don't know if you ever really want to service and that's where i do agree with Mac, this mcdonald's cat just about the money he, he can never go into these communities right where the bodegas are most are, are the most prolific and actually service them because he doesn't even begin to understand their needs so how are you going to fill your vending machine with what these people actually need and what they want you're not bro. So like do what you got to do in San Fran, but like that's about it. That's about as far as your reach is really yeah. going to be able to work. So, moving on past our bodega brews. Yeah, cuz that got me real mad. <laughs> I know. That's no so get into something a little bit more, you know, light and fun. Let's talk about fashion. We love fashion. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Although I feel like I so New York Fashion Week it just ended and I feel like that's a place that I probably would never go because I would feel insanely intimidated probably super judged (laughs) even though it's like you have you see people who wear the like wackiest things and they can just like either pull it off or just give like no shits that they're like this is what I'm gonna do this is who I am
1: and this is what I wear
0: yeah but the thing is is I feel like especially at New York Fashion Week you can rock the craziest thing Mm -hmm. as long as it's like Gucci like once people are like know that you spent a thousand dollars on that super wacky top they're like oh my god that's totally okay yeah it's so fly (laughs)
1: I'm like, no, not really. Right.
0: By the way, did you know that I, I was really
1: amazed? I mean, I came to this idea. I, I, I don't, I feel like I don't know fashion like that. Like, I just like to see cute things. Right. But it's not like my closet is Prada. No, it's mostly downtown LA, Santee Alleys, Forever 21. Let's <laughs> be real. But I was, you know, I, I always like to see pretty things. And, I was amazed at finding that New York Fashion Week. It's like pretty much all these American designers, or that are based in the U.S. Dude, I and then no and then Paris, it's like French designers, and then Milan is Italian. I was like, whoa! Shh.
0: That's my mind being blown Yeah, right I'm now. like, dude, I discovered this. <laughs> like I discovered this. This has been a Yarel Discovery World. Yes, please. You are very welcome. Yeah.
1: But I must say, I've been tr- kind of following just throughout these bloggers mm-hmm. because these bloggers, seriously, uh, the million followers, and then they get to go to these events, get dressed with these, by these designers. I know. Front row. So I was kind of keeping up with all these people. And the thing that I love the most about New York Fashion Week, Jess, the plus size are fabulous models.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, it's so funny. Like, and I know we've talked about this on on the side. Is like, I I just love that we're seeing women with that are that are very voluptuous being repped on like at these shows, and right. not not just for the quote unquote plus size brand and I mean, our brands that, that I kind of like. don't even like. Like today in, on on the newscast, I was like, what do
1: you how do you translate plus size in Spanish? And they were like oh modelos de tamaño
0: grande and Aww. i was like oh i don't like it yeah no it's I don't, not right and that's the thing it's like i always feel weird whenever i am writing about like plus size because this is a term that and i'm first of all sorry if it offends anyone because it's one of those terms where it's like you kind of don't know when you're speaking about something so specific, what term you really should be using and what term makes people comfortable. Cause I don't like the term plus size. Yeah, I know neither. that a lot of like models don't like that term. I know a lot of women who fit into, um, who, who, who shop in like these plus size departments or, or in sections hate the term. And I know recently, um, Kmart just changed the term plus size to fabulously sized. I love it. But it got a lot of backlash. No way. It got a lot of backlash because a lot of women were like, you know, I am technically what you would call plus size or whatever the heck this fabulously size. But in their research at any point, did they think of the fact that, hmm, what these, re- what these women really want is to not be put into a different mm, subcategory. Okay. What they want is to just be like, this is the women's section. Yeah. You can find your size zero to size 24 here. Yeah. And that's that. Like, they just want those, like, okay. demarcations to be removed. And so, it, it ended up, like, I feel like today's episode is all about, like, branding gone wrong. <laughs> it ended up backfiring on them. Wow. And so then, for me, like, when I usually write about plus size, I, I tend to say curvy. Because I do, I feel like in comparison to the models that we do see on a regular basis, a lot of like when you think of an Ashley Graham, I don't look at her as like this like big girl. I feel like she's like a curvy woman. Yeah. She's got tall. thighs that touch, which I'm like, who doesn't? Does <laughs> like she's and she's tall. She's like what, like five nine, five ten, and so. In my mind, I feel like that's basically what it all—all all the requirements to be a plus-size model is that you have to be over like five nine, five ten, and then let your thighs touch. And once your thighs touch, they just like move you down the line. They're like, right. okay, sorry, like you can't fit into this uh, other category that we have over here. I'm I'm so glad that they that
1: I that I saw all these girls, beautiful girls on the runway, and you know, one uh, I I agree with you on that too. Just. The idea of, it, okay, let's change the name. But it's like, no, but how about we just have a woman's size? And, and, and also, like, we see it on these runways. Like, there's no, the idea of, like, oh, the sample size. We'll make the sample size a little bigger so you can clip it in the back if the girl's too thin. This whole idea of sizes and
0: uh, it just really... It's it's insanely irksome and I feel like one of the things that I've been seeing a lot more is like people being like I'm an in-betweeny which is like Mm -hmm. this space of like well I don't think that I like when I go shopping I can't find myself at a plus size store but when I go shopping I also will struggle to maybe find it at H&M or Forever 21 because there's some that like in-between like gap that they Mm -hmm. can't even find so there's a lot of women who are like F you, I'm going to like make my own term, I'm going to make my own label, which I, I understand that, but I, it does feel like we just need to be in this space and um where we're not separating, like I don't know why it's it's so complicated that people have to go shopping in a different section for, for their body type, especially right. when the average woman in the United States is a size 14 or size 16. Seriously. Like the fact that they have to feel like they're being pushed aside and put into another box is... Not fair, and that's why you're right. It's so dope that they were a- that we were able to see more women just being repped in like Michael Kors. Yes, they were also in Torrid, but they were in like different shows, Definitely. showing off their good. And
1: it just—I mean, I was even in all these things that we've been reading. um, Size a size six in like the UK is a size zero in the U.S. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! We are way off with our measurements. Then, yeah, like yeah. Our, there's, there's be, no universal sizing whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, but even like uh, if I go shopping at one store, I'm I, I'm a different size, and if I go shopping at another store, I can be like two sizes bigger or two sizes smaller, right. depending on the type of, of sizing that the stores have got. Have but
1: done. what do you feel about this? You know, we report earlier too. Or I t- we kind of mentioned earlier about all the the runways and stuff. But in Europe, I think it was in Paris, a company is doing this whole i think they call it like a charter where they're banning super skinny models oh, like yeah. like the
0: really skinny i don't know what the
1: i think it's like maybe So what it's a
0: size 0 like by US standards is okay. what they were saying. So it's um two fashion two major fashion houses which have like Gucci, they've got Christian Dior, it's they've got around. Louis Vuitton, exactly. They've got all of these. Um, they house all these companies, and under and and they've decided as as companies that their new policy is going to be that they won't hire super skinny, and I believe, like you said, it's like um either a size zero by U.S. standards or by the french system a double xs or a size four in britain that's like the standards of what they won't okay what what they won't hire anymore nor will they hire girls under 16 to wear adult clothes at shoots or events which i think is also great because i feel like a lot of like these young models get hypersexualized so young because it's like oh well they've got this look and we just want to have this
1: innocent look yeah and it's like wrong
0: it's kind of it's really creepy
1: It grows. Yeah. And the cool thing about all that is that they're bringing in psychologists and therapists, nutritionists, even on set to a lot of these shoots and a lot of these runway shows to talk to the girls. I love that. Which, yeah, I thought it was great because, I mean, women, we all have insecurities. Yeah. We all have, like, oh, I wish this was different. I wish I was taller. I wish, I mean, at some point in our lives, even when we found ourselves and when we mm-hmm. freaking love ourselves, we have our moments. of like, oh, my God. I'm like, i yeah. getting a few pounds here. <laughs> or, like, you know what I mean? My toes are kind of weird today. Yeah. It's just
0: i think all human beings and we can't help but compare and that's uh, one of my favorite quotes is um comparison is the thief of joy Mm. and i love that quote because i feel like it's so applicable like throughout my life and everything when i am in my my head about my career when i'm in my head about my body all of these things and it's just like usually a part of uh, a big reason why i get in my head and why i get really down on myself is because i've been looking at that person and i'm like looking on my Instagram, I'm like, dang, like her body looks ridiculous or right. damn, that person like went out for the job that I wanted. And I don't think they're as talented as me. And they got that. And all of a sudden you get into this space. And so imagine you're a model. You're constantly being told you've got to lose a couple pounds. You've got to do this. You've got to fix that. You've got it. Your hair isn't right. What, what did you do? Why are you so tired today? Did you not get any rest last night? All of these like you are your product, you're your business. So, if you're not on your A game every single day and you don't, and you walk into the room and you're, and it's full of other beautiful individuals, how are you not supposed to be That's in like right. a comparison mode? And, and on oh, top yeah. of that, you are a 17 year old girl. Like, so not even are you in your like 30s or 40s and you're like, at this point in my life, I'm really comfortable with who I am. Yes. You're still developing your sense of self. So, I am. I feel like it's way overdue that the these models' well-being as so their physical as well as their in- interior mm-hmm. is like being considered.
1: And you know they they talked about something that's really important. They said, "Why well, wasn't it coming out when the Cindy Crawford's were walking mm-hmm. the runway, when the Tyra Banks were walking the runways, when the Giselle Bunchens were you know on top of their game?" I'm like, "Well, social media." Yeah. Because now we're able to really express ourselves to put ourselves out there to be like i'm not okay with this or this or like the ashley Graham's like yo this is who i am i happen to love my sexy body yes. and i will make sure that i rock every cover i'm on even if i'm next to 10 skinny girls exactly
0: and uh, it's like that's awesome it's, it's that exposure, it's true because we don't get access to in the United States the ads that they're running in France. so and if you have ever traveled abroad to Europe you'll also find that they are a lot more risque in their ads like oh, you'll see yeah. you will see more oh, on yeah. TV, you'll see more on like in, on billboards. there's a lot more com- um, comfortability with like nudity and sexuality and all of that stuff. And so now we're in this space where we if whatever ad as a company that you're running in the US, they can see it abroad on Google. Like, it's very simple and vice versa. And so now we're able to hold these companies accountable, and we're also able to have these people like Ashley Graham who come out and are very vocal. And then this these girls who are, you know, living in Nebraska can hear about these other women. And so everyone is all connected, and everyone is demanding transparency. We're living in the space where we're like, be real. As yeah. ironic as it is, we're also living in the space where that everyone's filters. getting is doing filters and, <laughs> and getting injections and look do you do what you got to do to like feel happy but it's like this matter of like we want people to be real and we want companies to be held accountable and i feel like that's what this episode has been it's like holding these companies accountable. yes, yes. Yeah. Responsible. And, and also because I think that now when, you know, when we think about the fact that we talk about, oh, like use Twitter to reach out to your congressman or woman if you're really unhappy about this and How to demand. is that, right? And so yes, we, like if we before. can do that, exactly, then we can also do that with these companies. Mm-hmm. And we can say like, for example, as many women did on Twitter and Facebook, Jay-Z Benny were not happy. Was, did I say it was Kmart before? Kmart, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, it just spinning. No, it's Kmart. Kmart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kmart. I'm sorry. I don't mean to blast you. <laughs> um, but, like, like you know, all these women did with Kmart is say, listen, we see what you're trying to do. We see that you care, but you guys are not doing it in the right direction. And these companies, if there's enough of an outcry, they will demand change. And if you look at Aerie, They got so much love the moment that they started to stop photoshopping their models in their bikinis and in their underwear and all of that. And like you see if you go on the Aries, uh, if you get like a magazine or if you go on their website, you see these beautiful curvaceous women and you see their dimples. You see their stretch marks. Love it. See, And even if it's like if you're if it's a thin woman, it's like. Then women still like they still have stretch marks. They still have some cellulite. They still have, you know, when you when everyone sits for the most part, you get that little like skin, uh, whether yeah. it's a little or a lot. Like it's like we all have that. And so they're not trying to like take away. So I think that as long as we continue to tell these companies like, yo, this is what we want. We want women that are like, I don't want to use the term real, because I think that that is also very demeaning to people who are thin mm-hmm. and whose bodies are naturally thin. Yes. But I just think like. We want to see women of all types represented and that diversity is necessary because if you want to sell your clothes, think about who you're selling your clothes to.
1: Yeah. And the message that you're sending out to a lot of these young girls that are, yeah. you know, buying Absolutely. your brand.
0: A hundred percent. So, 100%. so to all the ladies in this place with, with styling, style and grace. grace, keep doing your thing. Yeah, girl. Get it. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's it for this week, guys.
1: I loved our topics today. I oh feel like God. we're like all up, you know. Just let's defend our people and let's and <laughs> I, let's
0: stick it to the men and women who are trying to screw us. Uh, and sure. no body shaming. No body shaming. Be proud shame. of who you are. Exactly. Just be proud of who you are. Um, but I might shame you if I see you at a bodega vending machine. Oh, heck Then the heck shaming yeah. is on. <laughs> Then it's like, Sorry. I will blast you on social oh, media, heck yeah! Okay? That, is, that is 100% happening. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us this week. Make sure to subscribe. To share. Yes. And to, you know, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter and let us know your thoughts. You can find us on our socials at Wait Hold Up Pod. And we can't wait to see you guys in... Yeah. We're not, we're not going to see you guys. I mean, we, we can't, can't wait. wait I know, right? <laughs> like, nah, don't be creepy. We can't wait to connect with you guys again next week. Yes, see you guys. Bye.